everybody, welcome back to Kira's Kingdom, the Death Note watch-along podcast of your dreams, folks. I am your host, Riley, joined by my co-host, Mo Diggity. Hi, I'm the one who doesn't have shit takes on Fortnite. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm sorry to announce this is going to have to be the last episode of Kira's Kingdom, Mo, you know why? Yeah, because you fucking suck at Fortnite and can't yeah. build with a shit. Nothing to do with Fortnite. We're not talking about this. We'll talk about and Fortnite you like, later. And, and, you, and you like Fortnite not having building? The fucking Shut very the fuck thing. Up. The Shut very up. Thing. You're ruining Art. my bit. It's nothing to do with this stupid argument. Okay. This. Uh... <laughs> God damn it. Now you're okay. just ruining your own bit, and now it's your fault instead of mine. Yeah, this is the last episode of Kira's Kingdom because uh, I can't. Uh, watch uh, TV shows anymore because uh, now the only thing that I can watch is just uh, constantly rewatch the movie Juno. Uh, that's all I want to do with the rest of my life. Why would you torture yourself <laughs> by watching that shitty movie? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Juno sucks. All right, it's an, isn't that the it's the MTV movie where the chick gets pregnant and it's all like abortion, ma keep it, ma abortion. It's not an MTV movie. They might have aired it on MTV, but it's not an MTV movie. And it's it it has like very great critic scores across the board. It has fucking Michael Sarah and J.K. Simmons in it. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, that's what I say to this. Uh, but whatever. I, I won't get too deep into Juno because uh, <laughs> coming soon to uh, Twitch.tv slash Riley Streams near you, uh, there will be there will be a uh, review of Juno. Oh, okay. So we're not. You're not gonna like try and force people to watch fucking Juno on your live streams, right? I already have two people who have agreed to review Juno with me. So, oh Jesus Christ! Ra- Random Candor and Insight Zoidberg are gonna review <laughs> Juno with me. Juno. And Insight Zoidberg is an edgy thirteen-year-old, so I can't wait for his great takes on this oh, movie. Man. That's, that's all sorts of bad idea right there, man. <laughs> I, I don't know how old he actually is, but I, he's that same stupid kid uh, we talked about. The um, I'm not, I'm not going to call him stupid. That was a little out of pocket. But uh, uh, we were talking about that uh, insufferable social media argument ripoff show that me and Demi were going to try to get on as a meme. <laughs> he, he's the guy. He's no, that I don't guy. remember. Yeah, yeah, oh, we God. we talked about it on Largest Issue, how there's, like, two 13-year-olds were doing a fucking insufferable social media argument ripoff, and me and Mo were gonna, me and Mo, that's you, you're Mo, uh, me and Demi were gonna try to go on their show. Yeah, uh, which, I have absolutely no reason to talk to one 13-year-old, much less two. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Like, I'll start ranting like an old man, you fucking kids today with you're, your no-building in Fortnite! <laughs> Well, you're just gonna rant. you you read to that about that to 19 year olds too apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I can 13. do that. It's just 13. <laughs> it's just like you know, like what the fuck am I doing talking to like literal fucking children? You know, it's like what do what do you got? What what, what do we have to like? Uh, what do we share in common? It's like that's, oh well, you know, you I see, talked to my mom earlier. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair enough, but. I kind of felt bad. That's why I ignored him last time he asked to come on. Uh, But this time I was like, all right, I don't want to be that guy. I'm putting out an open call to come on this podcast. I'm not going to ignore him twice. (laughs) I don't think Insight Zoidberg listens to Kira's Kingdom. If he does, don't be bad at me. Uh, But anyway. 
Don't be mad. There's just an age limit on this particular podcast at 19 and up. Is there? That, that's not true. Demi oh, Bloom doesn't no, no, fit no, that no, age yeah, requirement. Well, all right, all right, okay, and like, <laughs> with the exception of like Andrew, Jello, and Demi, you know, which are like three exceptions I will gladly make because, you know, they're the boys. You know, they're the podcast boys, podcast people. You know, but but everyone else, though, maybe, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Only those three particular teenagers are allowed on our well, show. Because I, I'm, I'm used to them, you know. <laughs> you know, because they're just as stupid as I am, and you know, like I can take comfort in that, you know. So I'm, I'm fine, you know, with you know, like hanging out with fellow dum dums. Fair enough. Fair. Wait, are you afraid teenagers are going to be too smart? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> No, no. Like, I'll gladly hang out with Andrew and Demi Gloom. They're just as dumb as I am. No, all right. For real, man. If a 13-year-old ever beat me in any kind of conversation on topic, I kill myself. I I am jumping to this fucking little stretch of highway I have outside my fucking home here, and I fucking just end it. Like, well, there's no point in me fucking living anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to find... uh... A debate topic for you and Insight Zoidberg. No, no, no. No, nine yet. I think he's coming on Largest Issue at some point. I hope not. He was was supposed to to be on 90, I think, but we just couldn't make it happen. Anyway, let's talk about Death Note now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Today, we are talking about Death Note episode 18, Ally, uh, which aired on February 13th, 2007 in Japan. The episode director was Shinji Nagamura. Shinji Nagamura. Let's talk about this episode, folks, because this was a very interesting one, I'll say. Uh, So... Uh, the episode starts uh, introducing us to the new task force headquarters uh, in a quite amusing way uh, where Aizawa is trying to get in, uh, but like I guess they think he's like has something on him or something, so he has to strip down to his underwear to satisfy the security system so he can get into the building. <laughs> and Watari sort of just makes fun of him from afar. <laughs> and then... uh so I'm reading something on the wiki that I didn't quite notice here. Uh, so I don't know if it was said flat out, but I guess um, Chief Yagami uh, talks to Aizawa, and Aizawa mentions that he had a fight with his wife. What I didn't notice is that there's a bandage on his head. Yeah. So apparently, I, I didn't notice that his wife actually hit him. I thought they were just talking about how he argued with his wife. <laughs> yeah, bitch probably went crazy and fucking threw a damn coffee can, a coffee uh, <laughs> a cup at him. Yeah, that's always fun. that's always the fucking go to, uh, fucking weapon for any crazy bitch. It, it's always the coffee mugs first, and then if it escalates, it gets to like you know bigger, blunter, harder objects, and if you really piss her off, then out come the knives. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Aizawa joins Matsuda and Chief Yagami in watching the security cameras in Misa's room, uh, where. Uh, Light and Misa are, like, on a date, quote-unquote, but of course L is there because L and Light are handcuffed together. And uh, Misa is not satisfied with this. She's complaining. Uh, and then L, t- L asks to eat her cake, 
and she says that cake makes her fat, which is funny. This is my this is my nitpick of the day, right? I've been thinking about I thought about this a long time ago and I was hoping I would remember it. Thank God I did. So in this scene, Misa says cake makes her fat, so she's not gonna eat cake, right? Mm-hmm. I I would like to introduce a little segment to the show called Misa versus Misa. <laughs> Misa versus Misa. Misa versus Misa. <laughs> Because in Misa's debut episode, I believe, not like the episode where she's revealed at the end, but her first, like, full episode, she eats, like, a giant ice cream sundae <laughs> at well, the end. Well, she really, really likes ice cream sundaes, and, you know, cake isn't really for everybody. I know plenty of cake haters. Well, cake haters are dumb. I do, I prefer cake pie. Cake haters get the wall. I prefer pie, but can't turn uh, down a good cake. I have not been able to answer this question because there's so many, like if there was ever like you have to pick one and one goes away, cake or pie. I don't know if I can answer that. There's so many good fucking pies and so many good cakes. The only way I would pick cake is, okay, so the best cake I've ever had is probably also the best dessert I've ever had. And I know this is weird for some people. People don't like banana pudding as much as I do, but I fucking adore I love, banana pudding. I love and, banana pudding. Uh, at my friend's birthday party once, uh, she had a banana pudding cake, and it was like the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. It was so good. Yeah, I, I, I've had a couple of those, man. They're fucking delicious, dude. And it's funny because I remember being pissed because like, I went to her birthday party that year and she had like the best cake I'd ever had. And then I went to her birthday party the next year and she had the certifiable worst cake I've ever had. So oh, it, was wow. a, it was a big shift from this fucking amazing banana pudding cake to the shittiest like dollar store cake I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah, you're probably like hyping yourself out as like this bitch has the fucking best birthday oh, cakes ever. She's got man. the best birthday cakes, and then I was so it was just fucking terrible. I mean, <laughs> you're you're like getting hard to the fact that you might end up getting another banana pudding cake, and you're like, yeah, this is going to be the fucking shit. Then you're like, what the fuck is this like bland ass fucking? You know, like you become a cake snob, and you turn your you turn your nose up to it. Then like, well, this is not the cake that I. Uh, Riley, well, I can't roll my R's, so just imagine the R's. I, I didn't complain when I was there. I just, uh, it was just, you know, I was kind of disappointed. Best cake I've ever had? Well, it, it's, a, uh, it's like a cross between, like, two. It, one was my 34th, 35th birthday. Uh, my, uh, I got fucking, all right. So like, like the Christmas story where I got really baked and, uh, I went back to, I went back home cause I was with my parents at the time and my grandma and mom were in the living room. They were just talking about some random bullshit and I go in there and I change my shirt off cause it smells like pot. And, you know, like it's hard to shake those twenties, uh, those habits you have in your twenties, especially, you know, if like you have parents that aren't cool with you smoking. Um, blah blah blah. I I looked at them. I grabbed some drink and I go. And my grandmother asked me, "Hey, how are you doing?" I go, "Man, you know what I'd love? I would love like a bag of Reese's Pieces, Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups, the regular ones, and the same thing but white chocolate." And I fucking let the thought go, right? And come Christmas time, my I get this heavy, uh, like I get a kind of heavier uh, box, and my grandmother's chuckling a little bit. I open it up. 
it's fucking three bags of Reese's Pieces candies. And I'm Yo! like, oh, fuck. I, that was like fucking two months ago. And she was like, I gave her a hug and all that. It was like low-key my second favorite present that I got. But uh, yeah, because like I randomly got candy. I'm like, oh, fuck. And it was too much candy. Like I brought it everywhere with me so I could share it with my friends. Because like, dude, I, I don't need to be eating that much candy. Like um, that was I was just having a stoner moment. But anyway, I did the same thing, but with a friend of mine. And I said, you know what I'd love? I'd love like a a, a, a chocolate cake with a, with a, a fucking oreos and uh fucking like hershey's kisses drops no not hershey's kisses drop uh, more reese's pieces there yeah, we go because yeah, yeah. i i love reese's pieces she fucking bakes the cake for me on my birthday and like we went to the dollar store dollar tree at the time uh going all right here go pick your stuff out for that cake you wanted they're like no fucking way they're like yeah so people despite my protests and my thing and my opinions that they aren't People really do listen to me. <laughs> you know, it's funny you brought cake up because I was going to bring this up as like a comedic little thing. And I kind of forgot until just now the cake conversation reminded me. So when I logged on to Netflix today uh, to watch uh, Death Note, I noticed they just released a new show. And it's like a, it's like one of those cooking game shows. And it's based upon the concept of that Internet meme where things are cakes, but you don't think they're cakes. They made a they made a Netflix game show out of that. <laughs> oh dear God, that's actually kind of cool. That is really cool. I'm going to watch the show. <laughs> I'm probably, I'll, I'll I'll at least watch one episode because I'm I'm into it. I, I can get into it. Uh, but anyway, now that we've had a 20 minute conversation about cake, uh, back to Death Note. Uh, so uh, Misa's complaining. L wants her cake. She says she's. Not going to eat the cake. It's going to make her fat. Um, and she tries and to like bargain ship the cake to get her to, to get him to leave them alone. And Elle's like, well, it really wouldn't make any difference because if I left, I would just watch you on security cameras. And Misa's like, then I'll just turn the lights off. And he's like, we have infrared cameras. And she's like, ah, fuck you. God damn it. You and fucking pervert. And in this, I think in the same sort of like scene right before the funniness, uh, the the cake scene was like, you know, don't you get fat, you know, eating all that sugary stuff. He goes, no, I usually find that I can burn my calories just by thinking a whole lot. And Misa fucking took that as a slight against Oh, you're her. calling me stupid now? Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, and she, and she then, is, she is stupid. Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not stupid. I apologize for interrupting. Maybe not stupid. Maybe like kind of super naive. She's like, like ditzy. You may, know? Yeah. May, maybe you're not stupid, but God, you're, you're honey. You're, you're kind of getting there. She's definitely, you know, she's definitely some level of intelligence because we saw her operate as the second Kira. And even though she made some mistakes, she also did some smart shit. So yeah. like, she's not completely dumb. Uh, but regardless, so after this little cake scene, uh, Light and L uh, start to discuss the Kira case. Uh, when Light asks L why he hasn't been motivated lately, because, uh, you know, he's like, you know, we got this whole new place so we can catch Kira. And it seems like you're not really motivated to catch Kira. Um, and they sort of have a conversation about it. And the conclusion that they come to is that L is unmotivated to tackle the case because he suspected that Light was Kira. And now that things are set up where Light 
might have technically been Kira, but it seems to him like Light was just a pawn being controlled and had no knowledge of being Kira. So now the the investigations kind of hit a stone wall because L surmises, well, if Kira can just control people whenever he wants, how are we going to catch the real Kira? We're just going to catch somebody he's controlling and then they're going to lose their memory again. So this whole case is pointless. <clears throat> it's kind of funny because with the uh, light sort of having amnesia or quote unquote, and not remembering what he did or anything that he had to do with the death note, you know, it's it's kind of funny because uh, uh, L pretty much figured out that he was like, and this more or less confirms that. Yeah, I, I think I think that you were Kira, and there's not a whole lot of uh, emotion to it. I guess because of uh, what he says in this scene. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. Because he thinks that Light was in fact Kira, but he had no knowledge of it. Like he was being controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's a it rings hollow because he hasn't catch he hasn't caught the real Kira. He's just caught a guy that the real Kira was controlling, at least as far as he can surmise. Yeah, because Light is like you know it's old innocent Light who never heard a fly. You know he's he's playing that role right now. And, and it's real. You, he doesn't you, know. And I bet you a hundred bucks that he'll end up getting his. Of course, he's going to get the death note back because obviously, like there's. Only so far you can go with specifically this little, uh, this little, uh, uh fucking, uh, storyline. But, you know, Mo, anime, much, animes have on. had bigger twists before. We could have a whole different Kira for the rest of the show. Who knows? Well, yeah, but that would be, I don't know, silly. Because, like, you know, who repla- who who does better than Light? You know, it's taken a whole room full of freaking corporate executives to even do like a fraction of what he does. And they all have they have bureaucracy really like hindering like what they could really do uh, with that. But of course, there's like, you know, addendums and caveats and rules they have to follow. But blah, blah, blah. You know, how much you want to bet he gets his powers back after he finds out L's name? Like that's some sort of trigger or something. I don't know, but... I, I can't bet anything because I I know whether it happens or not. You can bet well, whatever you want. All right, so like, <laughs> all right, so I, I guess I have a prediction. There is like, L gets his powers back after he finds out uh, L. Uh, Light fuck. Light <laughs> finds his fucking gets his powers back after he finds out L's real name. That's what I think. Okay, interesting. It seems uh, like it seems like a trigger. That the, to uh, 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 Ryuk, uh, you know, his Shinigami, that he would do that. He's probably just waiting for that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but, okay, so they have this little conversation uh, where uh, they reach the conclusion uh, that L is disappointed that Light was not really Kira, and he kind of feels like there's no point in investigating the Kira case anymore because it's a dead end. And then... Light stands up, just addresses him, says, Ryazaki, and L turns to him, and he fucking punches him in the face. Yeah, and the interesting reason why he fucking does that, because fucking L starts becoming all mopey-dopey, bitchy-whiny. I'm depressed because I'm so smart and I was wrong, a blue, blue, blue. And uh, Light fucking had it right in front of his fucking girlfriend, yeah, and fucking belts him one. 
Yeah, Light fucking throws a punch and then grabs him by the fucking collar and just starts going off about how he just needs to swallow his pride and how he's a fucking idiot for saying that and for being so fucking distraught because he his little deduction about him being Kira was wrong. And L is like, I understand. But whatever the reason, an eye for an eye. And he fucking goes back with a kick. <laughs> fucking slams him in the chin a little too hard actually because they're handcuffed together so light goes flying across the room and l also goes flying across the room because they're yeah. handcuffed together i love that little touch right there because usually they like usually in most shows uh in this situation they'll fucking like uh, the other one will just hold their ground stand their ground real well and it'll be like whoop but this one, they went both flying. I, I fucking like that. That was new. Yeah, so they get into this little physical altercation. There's another punch thrown by Light that L just kind of takes in a pretty badass way. Like, he he does not even flinch. This yeah, fight, he fucking... Oh, yeah, he, he, takes, he takes a shot straight to the fucking eye and barely fucking budges. Yeah, this fight gets fucking intense. And meanwhile... Uh, Chief Yagami and Matsuda and uh, Mogi and Aizawa are all watching the... Mogi might not have been there, but whatever. They're all watching the security cameras, and they decide to call the room and stop them. Uh, so what Matsuda does is he calls the room, and he starts talking about uh, Misa Misa's career. And like, oh, she's number one in 18 popularity polls, and she's going to get a starring role in a movie. And then Elle just hangs up on him. Like, ah... Uh... <laughs> and Light and was like, this is... "Sorry, go ahead." Light's just like, "What was that?" And then Elle's just like, "Matsuda's being stupid again." <laughs> yeah, and he has the phone still. He's like, "I could still hear you guys." It's not even the phone. They're they're, they're watching security cameras. Yeah, they can still hear yeah, it. On this is the and, and this is the episode where uh, we, uh, Matsura, Matsuda, Matsura, Matsuda, Matsuda. I'm sorry, I'm not good with Japanese names. Ma- just... Matsu, with a, like Matsuda, Matsuda. Yeah, like Fusro da, Matsuda. Ay, Matsuda. All right, good. Yeah, this is the Matsuda gets shit on episode. That's what this <laughs> is. Because this isn't even like the, this isn't even the first time. I think right when, what was he? Uh, no, it was, uh, no, it's the other chief scene. Because like uh, Chief Yagami fucking yells at him. Yeah, he gets yelled uh, at like, a bunch of times by Chief Yagami. And then no, no, later in this episode, in this episode. Yeah, yeah, later in this episode as well, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, so uh, after Matsuda calls, their, their physical conflict sort of stops. Um, but they're still, you know, kind of arguing. Uh, and uh, that scene kind of ends. Uh, Misa steps in a cake at one point. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty funny. Ew! <laughs> like she wipes it off her foot like it was shit. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, the, Misa provides some good comedy in this scene. Yeah, I think in a very similar way to what Demi was saying last episode, uh, why he gave or she, I'm sorry, she gave her the nod for uh, character of the week or character of the episode. Um, and yeah, uh, they're using that comedic potential in this episode too. I think. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I I didn't really care too much for her when she first showed up, but now that we've got some episodes under our belt with her, like she's growing on me. 
I think I think Misa exists in early episodes that she's in. She exists as just an interesting way to throw a wrench into Light's plans. Because up until Misa shows up, Light is just kind of, everything's going perfectly. Like, Elle might be getting closer, like, just like number-wise to figuring, to narrowing down who he is. But to, at that point, all of Light's plans are going perfectly, and he's able to s- subvert Elle at every turn. And then Misa shows up and throws this giant wrench in all of his plans. That, that's the that's the purpose that Misa serves. And she's psycho. Yeah, and she shows up and she's like, now I want to be your girlfriend and I'm going to kill anyone who wants to be your girlfriend and you have to pay attention to me now. And uh, my Shinigami says you have to protect me and die. <laughs> if you upset me, I'm going to kill you. She's already threatened to kill him once already. She never threatened to kill Light. She threatened to kill any girl he she sees with light. She very oh. specifically does not threaten to kill light. Oh, I all right. I, I I know that light had that fucking inner dialogue where she like, I'll kill this bitch when I'm fucking done with her. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. He has that inner monologue, but he never says it. Uh, Misa even says that she he can kill her when she's done with him, or he can kill her when he's done with her. But it's it's Rem who steps in and says, "Yeah, no, fuck no, I'm putting a moratorium on that." Um, but yeah, it was Misa who threatened. He said if she sees lights with other girls, he's she's gonna kill the other girls. But she she would never kill light. Uh, but anyway, so after the scene, uh, they go they sort of go back to trying to investigate the Kira case, and light goes through some of Kira's killings. Um, and he notices that he's been killing some CEOs of big companies, uh, which is resulting in stock lowering uh, for many, many companies, except for a company called Yotsuba. And I love this scene because of the next scene where they obviously like have the, the fucking Yotsuba group uh, in this next one. And I really kind of got a good laugh at it. So yeah, Light deduces that Kira is supporting the Yotsuba group. Uh, and he informs Elle of this, and he informs the police of this. Not the police, the fuck ass for us, you know. Uh, the boys. Um, and they suggest that maybe Kira is killing criminals just as a diversion to raise Yotsuba's stakes. Um, and meanwhile, we do cut to the Yotsuba group itself, uh, discussing uh, the Kira killings. Yes, um, and uh, I, I have something to say about this scene, if you just afford me just one moment. Of course. It's it's really funny, because what essentially what happened the scene previous to this one was uh, Light used Google, checked out some stocks, went, oh, hey, these guys, I think, are doing the Kira killings. Elle goes, huh. And then the next scene is... Oh yeah, we've taken all sorts of precautions and stuff. There's no fucking way that they'll fucking find this man. No <laughs> you way. You have to be a god. To yeah, you have to be a god. Like, dude, fucking Google still existed in 2007, bro. You you guys really fucked things up bad. I mean, Light is the god of the new world. <laughs> you know. Okay, don't call me out on a technical on an anime technicality. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. You know, maybe it fits. You know, they said he has to be a god, and Light is the god of the new world. He's Kira, so he figured I it just, out. Well, what kind of a god uses Google though? <laughs> Light Yakumi, apparently. Oh. Well, all right. Well, you got me there then. 
But still, fucking funny. Like, oh, yeah, there's no way. Oh, yeah, we Google this stuff. Yeah, it's definitely this corporation. All right, let's go ahead and get them. Well, it's just because we've always known that Light has comparable intelligence to L, who is the best detective in the world. So it's he connects the killings to the stock prices. It's not just a matter of him Googling stocks and being like, wait a minute. <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Well, it's just that the way that it's uh, that it's cut, that it's edited, that the way that the scenes go together, it's literally fight, blah blah, establishing stuff, blah blah, then googling, then L going, huh? Then next scene, corporation. No way, we're getting caught, man. We're too fucking careful. Like, uh, <laughs> were you over here? Were you watching the same show that I was? <laughs> I'm just able to, you know, kind of connect some dots. Like, Death Note is a show that does not waste time, so sometimes it goes a little too fast, and you gotta kind of connect the dots a little bit. Well, I, I know that was probably done intentionally just so, like, people would kind of uh, pick up on that because there was some, you know, some good comedic undertones this uh, episode to sort of uh, uh, balance out the, oh, that sucks that it happened to him. Uh, that, uh, who is it? Issue? Oh, who's the Afro guy? Aizawa. Yeah, because of what happened to Aizawa this episode. I think that was because of that. Uh, which we will get to very soon, because we're mm. almost there. Um, so yeah, the Yotsuba group is discussing the latest killings of Kira, um, and they're sort of questioning why they all died of heart attacks when they had set up specific circumstances for one to die of an accident. And they deduce uh, what we kind of already knew, but the Yotsuba group, I guess, learns for the first time uh, that, you know, if you give parameters for something physically impossible, they'll just die of a heart attack. So, because they chose a specific location and the guy happened to be on vacation in a different country. So, it was physically impossible, he died of a heart attack. Uh, so, we, so we sort of see the Yotsuba group coming to these same conclusions that Light came to, like, 13 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, and it it took a fucking group of them to figure it out, too, where it only took Light, like, you know, you know, like a few, you know, like a few days of, like, trial and error. So, one man versus, you know, 10, or what was it? Yeah, it is 10, isn't it? I believe it's 8. Or 8. All right, that was my second guess. Yeah, and, uh... You know, it just goes to show, because, like, this whole show, they've been sort of trying to prove in the small, subtle ways that Light and L are comparable in intelligence. And we all know, again, L has that big status of being, you know, the best detective in the world. He solved every case he's ever looked at. Um, so we sort of learn, we sort of see a little bit more here that Light's intelligence is on another level, because this room of eight businessmen uh, reaches the same conclusion he reached, like, in a much less efficient way. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, after that Yotsuba scene, uh, we go back to the task force headquarters um, where uh, Matsuda and Aizawa and Light and L uh, all inform uh, Chief Yagami and Mogi, who had just arrived back from the police station, of their findings, uh, which uh, Chief Yagami is kind of not, not super... You know, engaged. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's probably true. Good job, uh, but we got bigger fish to fry." Um, and he tells them that uh, Kira had apparently bribed some politicians, um, and <clears throat> he had stated that apparent Kira says that if the police stop hunting him, he will not touch any politicians. 
and the police kowtow to the demand. Dun, Meaning dun, dun. that now, anyone who works with L in the Kira case can no longer be a policeman. They will be fired. So if they want to continue with working with L, they have to make the decision to quit their jobs. Which I guess you, Mo, you were kind of right. Not quite in the way you were expecting. But I guess he did. And Light's dad is losing his career over Kira. Oh, well, yeah, in a real roundabout way. Uh, essentially, yeah. So I, I guess you were right, which... but just not in a direct of a way as you might have thought. Yeah, I was trying to think, uh, which which projection did I do? Oh, yeah, he he did. Well, he doesn't quit in shame, and he still has his integrity, his honor, you know, his, uh, you know, his value. So, you know, at least... At least he's getting fired, but he, he, well, not fired, but he did lose his career but by his own uh, hand. So, uh, in See, a way, like this is right. good. In a little bit. Yeah, a no, little th- bit this, right. is, this is the good ending to losing your job, is that, well, fuck you guys, I quit, because I'm going to go do the right thing. That's what Yeah, fair doing. enough. So, yeah, Chief Yagami and Mogi let them know that they have already made the decision, they're going to resign from the police. Um, and it's up to Matsuda and Aizawa whether they want to do the same, and Chief Yagami encourages them to think about it deeply, because, you know, it's their career, it's a big deal. Um, which puts Aizawa in a real spot. Because Aizawa's got that wife and that young daughter that he needs to take care of. Which is fucked up, because this entire scene, this, uh, uh, this kind of is a mark against light. That this because essentially this whole thing, if you look, if you listen to what they're saying, if you uh, watch the entire scene, it's you mean a mark fucking, against L or uh, L. Sorry, okay. fuck, sorry. Yeah, there's too many L names in this fucking uh, in this episode. But anyway, yeah, uh, this is a real messed up thing because L essentially kind of makes them choose between you know either being a cop or being on the uh, being on the case. And up until L doesn't one, make them choose, the police makes them choose. Well, no, but L could have at any Aizawa time. was gonna like two time the police, but then L is like, yeah, no, yeah, because but, then you're gonna get sorry, caught right? and it's gonna be bad. That's what L said. He wasn't he wasn't but, saying like fuck you, no. He was just saying yeah, it's not worth it because you're gonna get caught and then you're gonna be fucked. So just pick one. But then there's what when uh, Wataru. Uh, Hold on, in. let me let me sequentially describe the scene. We will get there. Um, oh, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> Matsuda and Aizawa sort of think about it. Of course, Aizawa's a little more uh, emotional, uh, trying to figure it out. Uh, Matsuda uh, decides to join them immediately, pretty much. And he, he says something to the effect of, if I went back to the police, I'd feel like a real dork, or like something to that effect. Uh, which, of course... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Chief Yagami scolds him for because Aizawa was sitting there, and Aizawa goes on a middle little monologue where he's like, "I said I died to catch Kira, and that's true, but now I'm in a position where I can't support my family." And he, you know, he tries to reason with L, see if he can, you know, work with the police and then work with them in secret, which L denies because again, he's like, "You're gonna get caught, so you might as well just pick one." L, in fact, encourages them all to go back to the police, but. Uh, Chief Yagami and Mogi and Matsuda are insistent uh, on sticking around. And Aizawa is sort of going through it. Uh, the rest of the task force sort of 
tries to convince him to do to go back to the police because they know that's what would be best for his family in these circumstances until Watery pops up on the monitor and mentions that L had set aside a trust or that they, they both had set aside a trust for if any task force member were to lose their job. So basically, nobody's fucked at all, and everything is fine, which Matsuda is quick to smile and be like, Yay, Aizawa, look, it's cool. And then Aizawa is, of course, very angry. And the face is very expressive when they cut to Aizawa's face here. <laughs> and he's very mad. And he, you know, accuses L of just testing him, which... Uh, Chief Yagami and Matsuda try to defend, and they're like, yeah, no, it's f- It's just that L doesn't like to say things directly, and then L's like, nah, I was testing him. <laughs> yeah, which was fucked up. This is the big, this is the uh, mark against L, because he could have just said this, like, right up front, because he should already assume that the loyalty of uh, the uh, the task force is, like, rock solid, but if you if you use them or manipulate them or you test them when it's not needed, then you get the situation that you have now in this scene. So, so yeah. we just, he, he just lost a good task force member, someone that he can trust because he just insisted on testing their loyal, at least uh, one of their, uh, one of their task force loyalty, you know? Yeah. And it's understandable that Isa was this upset. Cause like he was his friend's life. The honor of his friend's life was something he had to, consider pushing to the side and like he was going through it like an emotional arc at that moment because you know that ukita who died uh uh by misa's hand earlier in the show uh tim and aizawa were close friends so aizawa sort of has this emotional arc of i need to honor my friend ukita and catch kira but i also have a family to support and he goes through like this whole emotional thing and it turns out that it was all for nothing, and that L could have easily alleviated any financial trouble he had. Um, yeah. So, Eyes was out, uh, says he never liked L, which L kind of has like his little response, which I don't remember seeing this on the rewatch, because uh, I was like laying on the floor and half paying attention, because I've seen this show twice already. Um, but I- I'm sure I'm not making this up. This happened, right? <laughs> I just want to make sure you remember this. Yeah, yeah. And when, he, uh, when he Aizawa goes, said, I never liked you. And then Elle is like, that's a shame because I like you, Aizawa. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he and chimes, then, he chips in with, uh, you always have to have the last word, huh? And like, as he's walking out, he gets the fucking last word. He gets the last word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I did remember that scene, right? Uh, so yeah, that happens. Aizawa's gone. Um, and we sort of see him in a park um, and he runs into his wife and kid. Um, and sort of, you know, uh, tells them that he's getting some time off and the kid is very excited and Aizawa sort of starts to get excited too. And he has like an emotional moment. He starts crying and the kid is a dumb four year old who doesn't understand. So she's just like, why are you, why are you crying dad? <laughs> and it's this really emotional scene. It's very, it's very heartwarming. Um, and then we cut back to the task force, uh, where, you know, they're losing one good member, but apparently they're gaining two. Because uh, two strangers walk into the building, which uh, Light and Chief Yagami have an adverse reaction to, but I was like, nah, these are the two new members of the task force. And they introduce themselves as the, the. There's a man in a. The man is Iber. He introduces himself as a con man. And the woman introduced herself as Weddy, who is a thief. Uh, so, obviously, Chief Yagami is a little adverse to this, and Elle explains that. They're trying to, you know, catch Kira in this, like, 
criminal business organization, so they need the thief and the con man for infiltration purposes. Which I think this is a really interesting and an angle that they can go now because they're no longer associated with the police. Mm-hmm. What what did you think about this, Mo? What did you think about the, the thief and the con man entering the task force? Well, I'm I'm very interested in seeing where their character arcs go. And uh, I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, I, I, I get the thief, but I don't know what the con man's here to do. So He's for infiltration, because he's, he's going to, like, trick them, you know? He's a con oh, okay, man. Okay, okay, okay. All right, because I knew what the, I knew, like, getting a thief is a good idea, because, you know, you want to steal the Death Note back. I was kind of thinking, well, what's a con man going to do? But, yeah, that's infiltration, so I get you there. Well, it has nothing to do with stealing the Death Note back, because Light, nobody knows, nobody including Light knows the Death Note exists in the task force right now. Okay, so what is it that, well, I, I guess that so would the be thief, spoilers, Okay, huh? so they, they, what L says, he sort of explains their presence. He says, the thief specializes in cracking high security systems, which they might have to do at some point. And Iber, uh, the con man, his purpose is for infiltration. He's going to, you know... I uh, use his excellent social skills to infiltrate Yotsuba. So that that's what L states their purposes are. Okay. So, yeah, we have our two new task force members, and they're all going to work together to catch Kira. Um, and yeah, I, I got the I got the Aizawa scene out of order. The Aizawa scene's actually how it ends. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, because it says to be continued. So this is a two-parter. Every episode says to be continued. You just haven't been paying attention. <laughs> no, I have been paying attention. No, I just, literally uh, I, every episode of this show ends with to be continued. Yeah, every I, I single... know. I know. I know. I know. I guess I just uh, noticed it this one. I noticed it for this one, you know, so I, I guess blah, blah. Never mind. I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, final thoughts on this episode, Mo? Anything general final thoughts you want to discuss before we get into our wrap up questions? Uh, it was a really, really great episode. I, I liked this one a lot, uh, as usual. Uh, the uh, the fight scene was uh, really good. It came out of left field. Like I never really thought about uh, L and Light like physically fighting. It's always like the game, you know, the mental. You game. see, it's, it's very interesting because Light and L, when they're trying to kill each other, are very are very cordial. But mm-hmm. Light and L, when they're working together, <laughs> seem to be very violent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, everything was done really well. I thought this episode. I'm, I'm really liking the uh, the uh, the uh, the other <clears throat> the the other storyline that we got right now. I'm liking where that's going so far. We didn't have any with Shinigami lore or anything like that. Uh, so right now, it's just basically all the characters. Is this the first episode with zero Ryuk? Yeah, actually, zero Shinigami. Like, none at all. Yeah, no, I don't think we see Ryuk or Rem even in passing in this episode. Mm, No, not at all. Uh, But yeah, uh, so I guess we'll go into wrap-up questions here. Um, So, first of all, favorite character. There's there's a lot of avenues to go here. I think. Yeah, it, it, it's tough because like you, you got some decent uh, screen time for a lot of characters and you normally don't get that in most of the episodes because it's usually fixated on like two or three uh, characters 
while everyone else is sort of in the background. Like L's been a, ba- a background character more than a few uh, nine out of ten or ten out of ten episodes that we've had so far on this show when we've rated them. So I'm pretty sure we've given L favorite character more than anyone. I need to I need to remember. I have two days off. I I meant to. I've been meaning to do this since the beginning, uh, but then I forgot for like three months. Uh, you so doing a tally? Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a tally. I'm gonna go back and track uh, what we've given favorite character to and what we've given rating out of ten. I'm gonna go back and put that in a document so that we can go over it as part of the wrap up episode. Uh, so I need to remember to do that uh, this weekend. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. At least I've given it to L the most out of anybody, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. So who are you giving it to this time around, and why? Man, uh, give me a sec. Go ahead and give me yours so I can think of just for a moment longer. You see, I have to think, too. I don't quite know. I think maybe I'll come to a conclusion a little faster. I sort of have an idea, but I'm, I'm sort of battling other ideas ahead. So... I don't know. This episode didn't really have any characters that were particularly skewed, right? Like, I, I think they all sort of equally contributed in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no, like, obvious pick that's jumping out at me. Yeah, this one's tough. So I think I'm going to give it to Light. Uh, because I think Light had a lot of good character stuff this episode. I love... A lot of people don't like this arc, but I love this arc. Because I love Good Light. I love watching Good Light work with L to solve the case. It's so Mm -hmm. good. And I think he's shown a lot here. I think it was a very emotional moment when he snaps and fucking punches L in the face because L wants to give up on the Kira case. And he and and Light is fucking determined to solve this Kira case. It's so crazy. Mo, this show is fucking crazy. Fucking Kira doesn't remember that he's Kira. And he's the most determined out of anybody to figure out who Kira is. No shit. It's crazy. And it's so good. Light has so many good emotional beats in this episode. The physical conflict with L, And he's the one who figures out Yotsuba's evolved. Light cracks the case. Yeah, he cracks the case like really, really quick too. Like they probably, uh, they, they probably just, uh, they, they, uh, what was it? Uh, what made them suspect them in the first place? Or is this the first so episode? So I guess they, so this is, I, I believe it was based on, uh, they, they had noticed that some CEOs were dying in very similar ways to uh, Kira victims. And then Light uh, cross-referenced the stocks and realized that Yotsuba was benefiting from those deaths, which led yeah. to the possible conclusion that Light, that, uh, Light, that Kira is working with Yotsuba. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think I'm giving it, it to light this time. It, it's a good it, it's a good pick to be honest, you know, because without light, I think they would probably end up hitting that wall. Then they they might find out who it is later on, but I don't know. I, I don't see I don't see L being much of a stocks guy. So I think this might have been an avenue he would have missed, maybe, unless he saw it on like TV or maybe someone else besides light. Uh, pointing it out but i honestly think that yeah uh, you're completely right in picking him as uh you know the the favorite character this episode i I think it's a good pick so are you gonna go ahead and agree with me or do you have a different take you want to bring to the table no i'm gonna go ahead and uh, throw a little curveball here because of the way that it was i'm gonna go ahead and say uh watery 
uh, is uh, my favorite character because he's the only, he's the only one so far that stands up to uh, L's, uh, you know, not he doesn't have many uh, episodes, uh, many uh, uh, times so far where he's been sort of a bastard or like, you know, he's sort of, uh, you know, manipulated people and kind of like uh, really screwed them over or didn't tell them the whole truth. So uh, based on, you know, the the shitty test, the unnecessary tests, the loyalty test and him like, you know, saying, hey, you know, we, we, we don't have to lose anybody you can just tell them that hey we have money set aside for you and your families just so you guys don't go without but l didn't tell he he even uh, uh rebuked him a little for chiming in when he wasn't supposed to so i'll i'll go ahead and give it to watari uh for doing so i just want to say though mo you know i remembering this episode just off of nothing I was going to say that this is the worst episode of the show, which I was still going to give it an 8 out of 10, <laughs> even though it was the, the worst episode I could think of. But then oh, I, I don't think so at all. It's 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 a little slow and but well, like stuff. No, happens. no, 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 I'm not because it's a great episode. But well, I'm how just can saying it be the worst episode then because every episode of Death Note is great. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I try to think about like what the weakest episode of the show is, this is the one that sort of came up in my head. Okay, based on right. my b- b- based on my hazy rewatches, but uh, rewatching it this time around, I had that emotional awakening again where I'm like, "Holy shit!" This episode establishes the amazing point. The one of the this is the reason why I adore this show. Things like this, I've already gone on this rant, but I'm doing it again because I just want to implore to our audience and to you. The most determined person to catch Kira in the task force is Light Yagami. Kira! Yeah, yeah it's, it's Kira wanting to catch Kira, but he kind of does know that he was or is, but actually doesn't really he know. That he, was contr- he knows that he was probably controlled by Kira. But he has no recollection of being of being will a willing accomplice. He he is just he was controlled by Kira. He doesn't remember any of it, and now he's working to catch Kira. So he is the most emotionally invested person in this group in catching Kira, <laughs> and he is Kira. Only Death Note, bro. It's so good. But anyway, favorite scene. Uh, let's talk about that. I think obviously my favorite scene is the Light and L fight scene because the fight choreography is great. Uh, there's a lot of good kinetic motion and also the emotional arcs for Light and L in that scene are very well put. So yeah, oh, the, thought, um, the emotional arcs in this episode were really, really well done. Yeah, in every part, but specifically in this fight scene, Light, it shows Light's emotional investment in catching Kira and it shows L's sort of uh, dejection that he was wrong about Light being Kira. Uh, so it's a very good, a very good and emotional beats and the fight was really cool. So easy. My favorite scene is the light now fight scene. I, I gotta give the fight scene the, the nod for this episode too. uh, honorable mentions when light uses his Google food to figure out on almost like barely like a, a fraction of a second who the fucking killers are and, uh, and the, the end scene at the uh, the end of this episode, I thought it was really, really well done. That made me feel bad. Yeah, uh, this whole episode was really powerful, which, going and rating out of 10, I'm not going to give it a 10. Not going to do it. 
as much as there are certain emotional strings being pulled that make me want to. But I'm not giving it an 8 either. It definitely re-earned a point, earned an extra point on this rewatch. So, 9 out of 10 for me. Okay, I'll, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 because, you know, while it was cool and there were some great scenes, uh, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10 episode, and it was pretty good. It was a little slow pace. Well, not really slow pace, just a... a, a um, a normal pace and and nothing huge. I think this episode, happened, but it was still good. Verifiably, <laughs> at least so far, I think like the least happens plot wise in this episode. Yeah, because it, it's more it's mostly a uh, character driven. Like you're giving you're you're getting more uh, looks into you know like a, you're you're getting more looks into the task force members' lives and stuff. The test scene with uh, L testing out the entire task force, testing out their loyalty and all that. Uh, the the fight scene, the you know googling who who are who are stonks and who which stonk goes up, which stonks went down. You know, and the uh, the the <laughs> light uses the power of fucking Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uses Shira. Robin Hood. Yeah, he uses fucking uh, Robin Hood and and fucking uh, TD Ameritrade to cross reference stock fucking prices and figured it out like Harley. And then the next scene, yeah, we're doing real well. No way they're going to catch us. We're so precautious and stuff. Yeah, like we're so cautious, not precautious and stuff. Anyway, yeah, it was it was a bunch of really good scenes like stringed together, I think, in this episode. God, I love Good Light so much. I love him. I love him so much, Mo. He's so great. <laughs> it's such a it's such a sad window into what could have been. Well, we're getting I it now, have, so just be I happy you got it. That's true. We are getting it now, but the thing is, it's still light is still Kira. Like he still did those things. But we get an interesting sort of peer into the universe where he didn't, which makes me kind of think like, wow, I, I almost want to live in the alternate universe where uh, they made a third main character who was Kira and Light and L work together to catch that Kira. <laughs> and that's the whole show. <laughs> well, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see where that go- where it goes, because that's definitely what's happening right now at the Um. But yeah, I guess that's about it uh, for our Death Note talk. So uh, I would much rather talk about politics, but we I think we all know where this conversation is going. You're going to yell at me about fucking Fortnite, aren't you? Well, well <laughs> hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, because, you know, like, uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, what were you thinking politically? Like what, what, I don't what, know. Uh, I was hoping you had something. You usually bring something in. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, no, uh, Twitter for, like, for like a brief moment, Twitter can does this every once in a while. It'll go through a lull when it's not being pants on head fucking retarded. And unfortunately, a few days ago, U.S. Supreme Court nominee Kate 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 and G, the, the fucking bitch that fucking Biden picked for okay. a Supreme Court nod. She has a sort of a complicated name. You'd probably be better at pronouncing it than I would. But yeah, uh, just uh. You know, a lot of sketchy, shady stuff from her, and that didn't. It's been three days of uh, intense questioning, not nearly as bad or as full of shit as the fucking Kavanaugh one, but still pretty fucking bad. And Twitter has lost its fucking mind, and uh, it's just—it's gotten so bad to the point where, sorry, excuse me, uh, it's gotten so bad to to the point where. Uh, 
I'm starting to like shit post again, and I've deleted like four tweets already today. So I've done everything in my power to just stay God, off you're Twitter such a as coward. As I know you've been terminated like seven times, but you know, yeah, you're such you a, a coward, little... even though your presence, you know, dude, I had almost 2000 followers on my first big Mo diggity 42 account, man. Almost two fucking thousand could have fucking like went somewhere with that if I didn't ship post. And so now with Mo side gaming 42, you know, uh, the uh, the successor to Mo Side Gaming, uh, who got fucking shit can, you know I, I I've got to be careful if I want a presence online if I want to hawk my shit. So fuck it, man. <laughs> it was you, funny. You got me seven times. Nor like give me credit here. Like you got me like seven or eight fucking times. Normally people fucking quit and kiss the ring after like one or two fucking like warnings after like a couple of week bans. You know, I, I, it took me almost two and a half years to fucking go, okay, fuck it. I'll be a good boy. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to say it was very interesting to go back. Uh, so when we, we brought back the Dickheads podcast for that special episode. Mm-hmm. And I went to go make the tweet uh, that the show was back. And much like Kira's Kingdom for the Dickheads podcast, I had like a template uh, for the tweets I made about the show. So I went back to go grab it uh, by just searching like the Dickheads podcast and uh, my tag. And I found some fucking Mo identities that I didn't even remember because <laughs> they were so short lived. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in tweets about the Dickheads podcast, like, let me find the one in particular that threw me off. <laughs> like it was completely out of pocket. I didn't even remember it even a little bit. Uh, let me try to find it. Maybe I'm just fucking stupid. I'm just... Hold on. My my Twitter foo is not working quite well, but... You know. It's fine. I'm not the one editing this. <laughs> None of this is getting edited out. We all know. I oh, really, really hope that the, like, the, the parts where you're just fucking the around silence, on Twitter... The, the silence is getting cut out, so... It, it's going by a little quicker, but he's not going to cut out any of the actual talking that I'm going through my going through Twitter. Um, I did find it. Uh, apparently at one point you were going by slow rider 4201. Oh, I remember <laughs> that guy. Oh, he was so fucking great. Slow rider. Uh, no, I, I think it was the one before I got banned for, uh, you know, going a little mini viral with Zoe Quinn body count. And I think she reported me because she sucks dick on the fucking Twitter moderation staff. You know, uh, I got fucking banned and Gator and all of them gave me fucking some airtime for that. Because, you know, based boy got banned by a shitty girl or shitty oh, wait, grill. So airtime on what? Like on Gator show or on the kill stream? Or? Oh, a uh, uh, Gator show at the time. Okay. Yeah, um, it was like about like almost two years ago, year and a half, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, by episodes five through nine of the Dickheads podcast, when I tweeted them out, you were going by Slow Rider, and then by episode ten, I guess you gave up on Twitter for a while because I just refer to you as Mo with no at. So I guess you just gave oh, up on making a new one for a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I I couldn't because I couldn't find a way. Uh, th this is the the dark ages of Twitter for me when I was borrowing all the I was asking my family to like allow my friends and family to allow me to make a Twitter account on their fucking phone 
And so, like, slow rider 420. Why didn't you just make like Google voice numbers? Because it doesn't work. Oh, does it not? No, it, it doesn't. Or else I'd have like 80 different fucking sock puppet accounts promote my shit. But yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I remember Slow Rider. I, I mean, it worked for guy. me because I have like 13 different emails, half of which are like null and void because they're for shows I don't do anymore. So <laughs> I can make a lot of sock puppet phone numbers on Google Voice if need be. Yeah, Slow Rider. Slow Rider 4201. Remember the days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now. About your shitty take on Fortnite. Oh, God and damn it. it uh, you know, taking... we, can, we can talk about it a little bit, but save some of it for a largest issue. Okay, you will, I, I mainly have... All this is really I have to say about it. All right, this is all I have to say about it. Okay. Uh, taking the gimmick out of the fucking game that quite literally and figuratively built your fucking brand and built your fucking empire. Uh, getting, the ga- getting the gimmick out of it makes Fortnite just like any other fucking battle royale game including PUBG including Warzone including Apex Legends including fucking uh, uh all all the other ones Blackout and all that no. stuff it just makes it into another generic fucking battle royale game there's nothing special about Fortnite without the building because that's the big attraction you know so you see and you don't have to fucking build in the game it helps if you do but the point of Fortnite is to no, make that's what made it crazy. shit though, because you did have to build if you wanted to be no, good no, at the you, game. You didn't. I've, 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 I've got plenty. Yeah, well, you you just fucking rise above it, get over it, build a little bit yourself. Like you just gotta. Okay, but listen know, though, Mo, I can immediately destroy any argument you may have because I don't think you can. I understand. You haven't been playing I, Fortnite listen, for as long. I've been playing Fortnite. I ended, with, hey, like a I month ended, after Mo? after Fortnite came out. A month after Fortnite came out, originally, I've been playing since then. I so understand like your logic here, right? You'd, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Just like yes, the L I- meme I showed you. You would think that, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen a whole lot of complaints about building around the community. Uh, since them. We came to it. And here's the thing, right? When they got rid of building, Mo, the Fortnite lobbies fucking broke with how many people were playing. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. They're fucking casuals. They don't belong to the fucking game. I'm sorry, but if you're not willing to build, you shouldn't play fucking Fortnite. Nah, Literally go play cringe. any other free-to-play Battle Royale game that's out there. You can play a fucking PUBG. Yeah, but Fortnite, yeah, but Fortnite is more polished because it's a, a bigger game. I but the one annoying polished, part was the building. That no, was no, the no, annoying no. part. Is so I want to... This is just so fucking stupid. It's such a bad take for fucking specific. It's not. Fortnite. It's shitty. And building uh, sucks, and it's gonna come back. It's not gone forever. But yeah, I'm, you say that. You say that. But I don't. know. I do say. But maybe. Hey, considering they had so much new traffic that it literally broke the fucking game. Maybe they'll keep it around because apparently it's what the people want. The numbers well, don't the lie. Fuck the numbers, fuck the people, fuck the players that came back. I could play a game now, be a shithead. This, you know, like, let's be wow, real Wow, they're here. playing this Fortnite game and they care really... more about, like, shooting and, like, the precision of their shots than they tear about no, somebody they, they who can build, like, 17 walls in one second. It, it doesn't matter, stupid man. Sweat get, builders. get good at the fucking game. If you can't, fuck them. 
It's like the point of the fucking game, man. It's what makes it fucking Nah, cool. sweat building is fucking annoying, and I'm glad that people are going to get to play some Fortnite and not have to deal with shitty sweat builders who fucking build 17 walls in half a second. Oh, uh, well, man, you, you learn to build. Nah, fuck them. Well, fuck the people who don't want the building. It's so fucking stupid that when you when you cater to normals, when you cater to the fucking useless, the non-thinkers, the NPCs, uh, you get no building in Fortnite. That that's that's what you get. And the crowd goes wild. Fuck the crowd. Mo. I'm Epic sorry. Games is a company uh, that makes money based oh, on the amount of people that play their do game. Don't do the company, my private company shit. It's not my I private think... company. It's they exist to make money. So if this is what the people want, they're gonna give the people what they want. And I'm the people, and it's what I want. So well, you can I'm... get burned on a fucking cross for all I fucking care. I'll put you on a goddamn spike. It's like, I'm going to build walls around you like in fucking Fortnite. And I'm going to use that as your fucking pyre. You're going to have Fortnite walls for kindling. That's what you're going to fucking have. Uh, building is shit. Glad it's, it's not, gone. It's not. Hope it stays gone forever. It needs to fucking come back. Real Epic Games, realize the mistake, the terrible mistake you've made. And bring the fucking building back. You already have more money than probably most fucking Saudi fucking princes, man. Come on. No, no, no. No, no, no. They can always make more money. They already and... have enough money. They could probably pay off the national debt with as much Fortnite money they got on their first year. Whatever, Mo. But at the end of the day, company make money. They do the thing that the masses want. And this fuck is what the, the masses. masses want, and you're just a shitty fucking hipster because no, you're no, no, crying and complaining. Humanity, no, humanity is a fucking disease, okay? Fuck you, this, fuck these people. They're ruining my game. They're ruining my Fortnite. Well, Mo Diggity, maybe uh, you're a little too old to be getting triggered over Fortnite. You ever think about no, that? No, it's just fucking stupid. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Ah. Uh. One day, all of you fucking kids out there are going to look back and you're like, wow, Fortnite's totally lame and gay. I wish I can fucking do something that doesn't get me fucking killed by a bunch of sweaty bots or the NPCs in the game or fucking douchebags. You know, like building if is the there sweat. A, there is no only, sweat. In it. It's if, all based on shooting skill. If, now there's no sweat if, anymore. If building was the sweat. Way. If only there were a way I would be able to defend myself from the fucking throbbing mob of retards dipshits and bad players oh yeah we had that now it's fucking gone and the game is much better for it uh, there's a lot less sweat play it's not it's uh, not you're totally wrong I don't know Mo uh. what the fuck get the, get the fuck out of here what the fuck was that <laughs> it was a fucking ad that played on my fucking tablet. There it is again. Shut the fuck up. Okay. At least it's not porn. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm just randomly watching porn during Kira's Kingdom. Only if it has the magic sex gun ad at the beginning. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm still convinced that was the fucking Light Yagami voice actor. It was too close. <laughs> and it was sad, too, because that was like our bit for that episode, and I had to call it that. But we mm -hmm. also we also talked about uh, the hypothetical existence of the slur note in that episode, 
And I was so tempted to call that episode Slur Note. It hurt me not. I had to call it Magic Sex Gun, but I really wanted to call it Slur Note. No shit. (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of stuff that you wanted to do, uh, you were questioning your sexuality with uh, L in a dream you had. You told me to remind you to talk about that. It was light and there was no sexuality involved. It wasn't like that. So I have dreams, right? And they're just like, they're really hard to follow. They have, they like try to follow like a weird plot, but it's never consistent. And sometimes I'll just like have a dream and there'll be like fictional characters that I know that are in the dream, but like it won't be at all consistent with what they are in their actual medium. So I had a dream that involved light. And I'm trying, I can only remember bits and pieces from what I'm, from what I surmise based on what I remember, the plot of the dream he had you on your hands and knees, and he was breaking <laughs> no, up the lube. It's not true. Okay, so the plot of the dream, I believe, was that it was a story about Light Yagami. If he was just, like, a real serial killer, like, no Death Note involved, he was just, like, killing dudes straight up. But the weird thing about it was none of the other characters were Death Note characters. Like, he had a father, he had, like, a, a girlfriend that he wanted to kill, but they weren't Chief Yagami or Misa. They were just, like, weird anime people who aren't from anything that I can surmise. So the two main scenes that I remember from this dream are two, like, kills that Light commits that, like, have stuck with me. And one of them was a guy claiming to be his father was, like, aiming a gun at him. I guess he, like, figured out Mm -hmm. uh, that Light was responsible for the murders. And it was not Chief Yagami at all. It was just some dude with white hair (laughs) claiming to be Light's father. And then Light wrestles the gun out of his hands and shoots him. And then, okay, that's weird. <laughs> there's another weird scene, which I can't. I cannot explain this. No, I can only tell you what happens. I cannot give any additional context because I do not know. So, there's a scene uh, where Light is on a couch, <laughs> and the girl character, who I guess is the Misa villain, but is not Misa, falls through the ceiling. <laughs> And then he snaps her neck. I don't know why. I don't know what the context was. This image is just stuck with me. This particular one, more than the dead one, is just this girl falling through the ceiling and light just snapping her neck. <laughs> well, at least in the dream, it wasn't light Yagami being put in a room with Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I think they would get along quite well, actually. <laughs> You think because those two massive fucking egos, like at the height of uh, Light's fucking egotism. They would, either, they would either get along very well or they would very heatedly against each other. There would be no in, in between. It would either be very adversarial or very collaborative. Yeah, it, you'd walk into the room and uh, he's and Ben Shapiro is pointing it in the death note and he's spelling out, okay, okay, it's... O E B I D. Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> and the weird thing is, another detail that I remember is um, when the girl falls through the ceiling. There's like a light Yagami monologue where he talks about where he like questions how easy this is, this is, as if her falling through the ceiling it like exactly falls into his plans somehow. <laughs> it's it was a so really he- weird. He's just like, there's no way it's this easy. And then he snaps her neck and he's like, well, I guess it is this easy. (laughs) 
So he he not only becomes like a Death Note god, but now he's a god of probability too. Yeah, this girl just falls to the ceiling, and he's like, "Well, the golden opportunity," and just fucking snaps her neck. It seems like a bad fan fiction, you know? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, he found his enemy and then snapped his neck. It was like, dun, yeah, it was dun, just dun. like this weird. It's like, what if Light Yagami is just a serial killer, and there's no supernatural element? He's just killing dudes mm-hmm. <laughs> and like hiding the evidence. I don't know. It was just really weird. Like sometimes I'll have dreams that have really weird plots and this one just happened to involve light yagami so i figured i would bring it up (laughs) this this image will now there are certain parts of dreams that always stick with me like really weird parts because dreams get trippy because your brain isn't really working in a logical way uh when dreams are projected and the see i I think the image of light just snapped an anime girl neck Will will be in the Hall of Fame of some of my weirdest dream memory for years to come. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, you ever have any really weird dreams uh, that stuck with you? Oh yeah, I've had so many fucking dreams. I can't recall them all right now, though. Well, you don't have to recall them all. I'm just thinking, looking for like an example of two or two of like something that particularly uh, stuck with you. I used to have dreams in claymation. <laughs> that just sounds uh, drug induced and i'm sure no no was. no this this is this is when i was a kid and uh oh, okay this is like about 14 15 like from like 14 to 16 17 i used to have uh claymation dreams like a lot and uh there was one where it was uh the david letterman show except in hell and uh <laughs> letter like everyone was de- everything was demons demons in fire like your typical like uh hellscape you know except uh like the guest was uh oh oh the the fucking uh uh shit no the the fucking health guru with the fucking afro richard simmons yeah richard simmons was a was a demon and he was uh he was a special guest on, you know, Demon David Litterman's fucking show. And the ending of the show was, thank you, everybody. Good night. And he pulls the lever and everyone fucking uh, gets dropped down into a lake of fire, including fucking Dave. So and he's just laughing all the way down. Oh, and the intro was it's like uh, the, the, the Rick and Morty like talk show. <laughs> it wasn't a talk show. It's um, you remember the Rick and Morty scene I'm talking about? It's it's from Interventional Cable. It's the guy. He does like improv songs and he like gets the audience up on stage and then and then the guy goes up on stage and then he gets like murdered by like demons and shit. Uh, I, <laughs> Do you I remember guess what I'm just, talking about? Uh not off the top of my head, no. Um attacks attorney. Oh jeez. Oh. <laughs> Do you not remember to call that? That was really I, good. I, I guess not, man. I don't remember that one. Like I remember most of the first and second one, but I, I guess I just don't remember all. Okay, of them. I, I, I think I can remember the the full premise of the sketch. I could I could explain it not like a madman now. So, uh, the 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 premise of this guy's like show is that he he like picks people in the audience and they like describe to them like describe to him like their life, and then he makes like a silly improv song about it. So you so see, so he picks this guy in the audience who's a tax attorney, and then he just does like a stupid song about tax attorneys. 
And then he like orders like dogs and demons and shit to kill the guy. Oh damn! <laughs> so what? Uh, there must have been a writer that had something, you know, uh, something for fucking tax attorneys, man. <laughs> they must have it really in for them. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, anyway. and the the intro, the intro into uh, Demon David Letterman's fucking show was. Uh, the Fraggle Rock music plus the intro to Fraggle Rock, <laughs> but then it, but then as you get to the uh, the end of the tunnel, it fucking uh, pans out into like your typical fucking uh, David Letterman show, and the music changes to like David Letterman style type music and shit. So I don't know why that's that's the one of the dreams I've had. Well, there you go, folks. Demon David Letterman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a really interesting premise, actually. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I think that'll do it for us tonight on Kira's Kingdom. Uh, so, yeah, Mo Diggity, where can our listeners find you on the interweb? Uh, well, they can't find me as a Slow Rider four two zero one. That's for sure. But they can find me at side, They can't find me at Mosside Gaming forty two at Twitter dot com forward slash Mosside Gaming forty two. Uh, forty three. His memory's failing him. No, it's forty two. I got pin tweeted all my stuff on there. Go check it out. Go to twitch.tv slash modiggity. Trying to get a thousand followers on there. And you can check out my TikTok too, because I'm like 420 people from a thousand. And I'm advancing a lot quicker on that than I thought. And uh, TikTok's where I go to put all the clips from the streams and stuff. So if you don't want to watch a whole stream, but follow me after you follow me, of course, you can go over there and check out the funnier. Uh, fucking clips from the stream. I've been having. Are there, are there clips on your? Too. Are there clips on your TikTok of me and me, uh, Jason and Kang verbally shit posting? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> those, those are, are the clips I want to see. Those are at Side Gaming on the YouTube channel because those clips were just too long for TikTok. <laughs> oh, and, good. You did clip those though. Y- yes, <laughs> yes, it. yes. They're fucking great. They're too good. They're they're like a you know do as the Romans do, dance of the boys, part one and two. <laughs> When in Rome, you do what Romans do. Like, no, so when no, in Mo Diggity stream, you say the N word. Yeah, and I was like railing against it. Like, please don't say that. Like, you know, I have people watching me right now because I'm streaming at a decent time. I don't want to scare them all. Fuck off. But uh, I want to ask you a question, and I guess this probably will delay the ending a little bit, but I don't care because I just thought of this. Uh, so what I want to know. So you've been. Mo Diggity 42 on the internet for quite a while. What is the significance of that number? Because I know you're 42 years old, but you were not 42 years old two years ago when you were Mo Diggity 42. So what is the significance of the number 42 in your name? Oh, it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. It's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Isn't that 32? No, it's 42. Because that's the... That's the, uh, the uh, the answer in the movie it's the answer to life the universe everything after they uh uh built a uh i think fuck is it a think tank or think or big think or big something but they, they built basically a civilization in the, that universe built a colossal beyond a fucking supercomputer uh device to uh tell them the answer to life the universe and everything and because that question was so incredibly vague, the computer gave the the population 
you know, like several hundred years later, the answer of 42. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a fucking uh, rug pull from like a supposed from like it's basically kind of like a representation of God. Like, what kind of questions do you do you ask God when you're dead? And a lot of people say it wouldn't matter because you're dead, right? This is kind of maybe like something that uh, is sort of referencing that mentality. Because what does the life, the what does life, the universe, everything mean to a deity? You know what I mean? <clears throat> fair enough. Fair enough. But and uh... all gods and all gods are created by man. So that's probably like a, a commentary on that too. In a yeah, I've never way. I've never watched or read anything Hitchhiker's Guide. I knew about the life, the universe, and everything joke, but I misremembered it. I thought it was thirty two. <laughs> so oh, I no. didn't. Hey, dude, the the movie's fucking good. Like I, I watched it several times. I recommend it you at least watching it once because it's really really good. Uh, uh, fucking uh, Bill, the dude who plays uh Bilbo Baggins, he's uh he's in the fucking movie. Like he's one of the main characters and Zoe Deschanel is the, uh, is the girlfriend. And I, 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 I like Zoe Deschanel. She's super, super hot. I think. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can watch movies anymore. <laughs> Nothing can compare to Juno. <laughs> Juno is not very good. Orgasmo is better than fucking Juno. Any fucking Tromaville movies better than fucking Juno. Listen, I don't know. I don't know about those movies, so I don't know if they're more well-received, but Juno is a pretty well-fucking-received movie. This is, like, one of the first times I've, like, fallen in love with a movie this much, and the critics have agreed with me. Well, yeah, but, you know, Geely was fucking number one in America for, like, a week, so, you know, what do Americans really know? I'm I'm shocked you have this negative of an opinion of Juno. <laughs> I loved this movie. Well, because it was like shoved him down my fucking throat, like like when I was a teen, like you know, being super impressionable. It was like you got what Juno, 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 Juno. It was like Juno. You were not what? a d- Juno did not exist when you were a teen. Juno came out in two thousand seven. Nah, man, uh, it was a it, it was a I fucking watched it yesterday. Movie with, uh, it came out in two thousand seven. <laughs> Who's the fucking for, actress in fucking uh, Juno? Elliot, it's, it's uh, Elliot, Elliot Page. fucking Rogers or Elliot, Elliot Page. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Elliot Rogers, the guy who killed I've been people. watching a lot of Monkey Jones, <laughs> alright? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fuck. Uh Elliot who who is this fucking bitch again? Elliot Page, who is now a stunning and brave trans man. Yeah, yeah, they're in that, right? Yes, it, the movie stars Elliot Page and Michael Sarah. No, it's a fucking movie from like the late nineties. From two thousand seven. <laughs> well, what the fuck movie am I thinking about? <laughs> Good question. Wouldn't Michael Sarah have been like twelve it, in the nineties? Yeah, that yeah, that that's the one where like she gets pregnant and it's all like a big hubba baloo. That's the she, plot. That is the plot yeah, of yeah, Juno. See, but right, that movie so I, came I, out in two thousand seven. Right. <laughs> I might be thinking of another movie while also thinking of this movie at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm fucking, everyone talked about Juno when it came out. I misremembered, that seems to be the word of the day, uh, that uh, the time that that movie came out. But yeah, when, when it came out, I was just like, Juno, 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 like, please go away and take Juno with you. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about pregnant fucking teenagers, okay? I just don't give it's a shit. It's crazy how big this movie seems to have been. 
because I don't want to get too far into it. I'm reviewing it on Saturday, but uh, it's just crazy because I'd never heard of it at all. Like really? I just came across it on Hulu. Oh, okay, okay. I, I I was just looking for something to watch on Hulu, and I said, "Oh, this movie has Michael Sarah and J.K. Simmons." Sold, <laughs> and I watched it, and it was really good. I didn't even know who Elliot Page was. Don't you mean Elliot Roger? <laughs> nope, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know who Elliot Page was. I just saw, oh, Michael Sarah's second billing, he's on the poster, and J.K. Simmons is in it. I'm down. <laughs> and it ended up being really good. I don't know. Do you work on Saturday, Mo? Yeah, I, I, I work on Saturday. Ah, shit, okay. <laughs> well. Yeah, I'm not watching fucking Juno. God damn it. Yeah, I'm fucking not watching Juno. Have I'd you never rather... watched Juno at all? Or do, are you just No, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch fucking Juno. No, thanks. I'm going to make you watch Judo. <laughs> I will never watch I'm gonna do. I'm going to do what um, uh, Mon- Monkey's movie review show, Is It Kino? Uh, when Black Panther came out, it was Black History Month, and they did three reviews of Black Panther, three in a row. I'm going to do three reviews of Juno in a row. I'm going to make you come on one of them. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I absolutely will not. I will not go on any Juno-related podcast. I won't even go on a podcast where Elliot Ra- uh, fuck uh, Elliot fucking page is is on there or is being discussed. No, thank you. Wait, what's wrong with Elliot page? I just I, I don't care about them as an actor. Are like, you it- transphobic, Mo? Do you hate him because he's a trans man? Mo? No, I, I just don't care about him like as an actor. Like, I'm just not into the acting. That's all that is. Like oh right, okay like like God, like God's honest truth there's just a you know nothing really stands out like as an actor for me from from him you know what stands out as an actor for Elliot Page Juno <laughs> uh, okay wrap this up I'm start you're giving me edit <laughs> I want you to watch Juno I'm mad that you I'm won't never, watch Juno I'm never I'm never watching Juno listen. Anything, Mo, I know you'll do anything for a price. How much do I have to PayPal you to get you to watch Juno? Dude, you PayPal me a hundred bucks, I'll watch fucking Juno. A hundred bucks to watch a movie? Because it's a fucking movie I hate. And it's like triple for fucking Rent and like a thousand and a thousand for fucking Hamilton. All right. Okay. Those are my prices for shit I I fucking hate. I don't give a shit about Rent or Hamilton. Uh, But let me... Let me let me lowball you a little bit and explain my reasoning here, right? Juno is a two-hour movie. Ugh. Right? So if I were to give you $40, I would be paying you $20 an hour to watch the movie Juno. And I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, if I see $40 in my Cash App or PayPal... <laughs> I suppose I'll watch Juno and review it f- with you, but I, I'm not doing it for free. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to pay you for it. Mostly because I've oh, already scheduled the review with other people. Oh, okay, <laughs> if I had, right. If I hadn't, I would definitely pay you to watch Juno. But oh, thank you for prick teasing me with forty bucks. Man, it's like look, 20, it's like twenty bucks, but forty. Man, maybe listen here, Mo, because I do have an idea that I want to pitch to you, and I guess I'll do it here because why not? Uh-huh. Um, so. 
for my live movie review show, I was thinking for an episode concept. I want to do, like, get one other person, and I think you would be perfect, and do a top ten movies of all time list. And, like, compare our list. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking down for that. And I guarantee you Juno will be on that list for me. So maybe I'll pay you to watch Juno so that we can talk about Juno in that episode. (laughs) But I'm going to be honest with you. I can only do, like, like in a top ten, we gotta do it, like, Red Letter Media style where we do like two or three parts of it because if we do if we're talking about like 10 my my top 10 movies of all time it's going to be live on Twitch we can go for like the 4 hours if we need to uh all right if you want to do a 4 hour stream with that sure <clears throat> so yeah there you go look out for it the top 10 movies of all time episode of the Riley Live Movie Review podcast with Mo where half of my list is going to be MCU movies and fucking Juno. Oh, <laughs> and Mo's going to be really pissed. <laughs> Maximum two fucking comic book movies, please. No, because then it's not real. I'm giving you my real top ten movie list, and that unironically is like half Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> my, my first one's Iron Man 1, then Iron Man 2, <laughs> it's then just Iron Man 3, then Captain America, Captain America Winter Soldier... Civil War, Infinity War, uh, fucking uh, Endgame, which sucked out of the two, by the way. Endgame doesn't suck, but it's definitely Endgame, not great. End, Endgame sucked. It was a disappointment. I've seen it twice. You know, I've seen it twice in theater and a handful I think it of was times. Co- I think it did what it needed to do plot-wise. Plot-wise, it was cool, but as a movie, it did not live up to Infinity War. Like, if... If Marvel movies were on the caliber of Winter Soldier, uh, Infinity War, and uh, fucking uh, oh god, what, what's what's another one I, I really like? Um, oh, uh, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. You Still know, haven't it, watched the Guardians movies. Weirdly oh, the enough. Guardians movies are fucking great. Maybe a Guardians movie, at least the first one. Because maybe the second one too, but like the uh, Guardians, uh, it would be it would be up there. It, it might it it's at least in my top twenty, like easily top ten. I don't know about that, but I, I really really fucking like that movie. But you're going up against fucking like a, you know, Thirteenth Warrior and, and and fucking the usual suspects, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and uh, and all that stuff, and you know. It, it's going to take a while. It, it, it'll take a. Those are shoes to fucking fill. You see, it's going to be fun because I know that the the stream's going to be four hours, and maybe one hour of that is going to be me talking about my movie. Because I don't, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who rambles about movies. Like I try to have more collected thoughts, but at the end of the day, my list is probably going to be pretty succinct. And then the other three hours is going to be Mo, which will be great, and I'll love it. <laughs> so I'm very excited for this. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't mind doing it as a back and forth. You do one, I do one, you do one, yeah, I th- do Yeah, that's one. what we're going to do, definitely. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my number 10, and it's going to be five minutes. And then you're going to do your number 10, and it's going to be 45 minutes. And that's how it's going to go, I, and I it's going to be great. I, I swear I won't fucking do that. I'll try to keep the ranting to a minimum. 10 minutes. Ma- I'm 10, encouraging 10, you to rant. I'm encouraging you to rant. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. 
Let me know when you want to do that. I'll make a list. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I'm down to do it soon. Uh, what is your week next week looking like? Uh, I, I'm off uh, Sundays and Mondays. Ooh. You know, I'm off Sundays, too. Do you that think sounded, we can... <laughs> That sounded a little sexual, a little bit seductive. Ooh, I'm off then, too. It's like, uh, Mo doesn't swing that way, sir. I know, I know. Uh, do you think this Sunday would work, or would you need until next Sunday to get that uh, list together? What day is this? Wednesday? Uh, today is Wednesday, so Sunday's I in can, four I can, days. I, I can pump out a top ten list by then. All right, so I guess Sunday... This will come out before then, I believe. So, Sunday v... Uh, my calendar's not coming up. What day is Sunday? Fuck. Um... There it Sunday, is. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, on the Sunday 27th. Sunday the 27th, March 27th, at what time? <laughs> uh, any time, any time. <laughs> uh, what, do I, what else do I have going on Sunday? 11 a.m. Eastern, is that too early? <laughs> That's too early. Uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, 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 sure, 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 that's good, that's okay, good. Okay, so noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central for you Moeans out there, um, <laughs> on, sun on Sunday the 27th, tune in to the episode four of the Riley Live Movie Review Podcast, uh, which will be our top ten movies of all time. Nice. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening to Kira's Kingdom. Uh, you can find me at anchor.fm slash RileyMegaFeed, which is where you already are. Uh, check out the other cool podcasts here, and in the description is everything else that I do, and my social media, and that kind of stupid, dumb bullshit. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening today for Kira's Kingdom. I've been Riley. And I've been Mo. And we'll see you next time for the next episode, which the title of the episode is Matsuda. So, kind of kind of clues you in to the content. <laughs> Are you Matsuda. excited for the Matsuda episode, Mo? Yeah, it'll be fun, like, you know, 20 minutes of him bumbling around like an idiot. You see, it is a little bit scary, Mo, because if you call it is a it is a pretty common anime trope for episodes where characters die to be named after those characters. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, who knows? Well, I guess I'm <laughs> expecting that now. I, I'm, I'm not saying it happens. I'm just saying who knows what could happen. See you next time, folks. <laughs> Bye.